Blog Talk Radio. Allah Akbar Allah Akbar. The New African Broadcast speaks to the free thinking movement that we see emerging in the minds of today's black youth of America. African youths must be re-educated to the scientific reasoning found in natural law if this movement is to reach its full potential. Inshallah, the African American will break free of non-scientific and tribal thinking paradigms that fail to counter immoral behavior as well as limit solid economic progress in African American communities. As-salamu alaykum. Take the chains off me In this modern day slave offering I'm just trying to be free I love life, I'm just trying to be me And I don't really care what society says Cause if I left it up to them, I'd probably be dead But no, I feel the blood pumping through my veins Like, the people need to stop and get some things right Let's get back to the family I don't like the news, but the news talk tragedy and politics Red and blue, two sides with the gang of you Make a vote for it, make a song that can maybe grab a quote from it Don't let the revolution leaders never run from it my mind to see what comes from it Find King standing in the heat like the bus coming And I don't need luck, I've been blessed from the most time Trying to go more time Cause the people say they want it But the people never realize the rain till it's storming What's now up? A brother, you taking the ghetto You find a whole lot of crime I can understand I know what it means that's one thing the educators and the politicians and the establishment got to remember. Now, brothers, these jobs. Ready for it, my focus up. My fist in the ass so they know it's us. Young black leaders, new Africans. They can't wrap trash in some new packaging. And try to sell it to me. I'm cool loud in the streets with a college degree. I work for it. Ain't nobody got it from me. I can give you my reality, gon' sell you a dream. I solo to the dolo, couldn't sell you a team. But I practice what I preach, I can sell a belief. Cream rise to the top, bull set up beneath. Before you jump out the block, first set of your feet. And run for it. If you want it, you should go for it. Break the reverse, only go for it. Break for it till you're so sure you walk on faith, blindfolded by the brochure. Uh, I'm sleepy wonder to my worst critic. Seemed like another leaping when I first did it. Worked all night, no sleep, put a bread on the table and the shoes on my feet. I'm so the definition of the definition. About time I got some recognition. And I told him to take the chains off me. In this modern day slave off me. So you got to have mind power to deal with salvation. And that's what we're dealing with. You see, we can't go back to the biblical story of two loaves of bread. Or two little fishes, five loaves of bread. Two little fishes, yeah. You know what? You can't eat dust. You know what? You can't eat
Dear community, dear family, dear brothers and sisters, first of all, I want to say this to you, to the listening audience. Um, we're trying to bring a clear understanding of the history from uh, the Nation of Islam. And I'm bringing it to you as I learned it, as I knew it, and as I saw it, and as it developed in my presence. Uh, I want to make a, a couple points clear for my uh, listening audience and for the for the record that uh, this is in no means an attack on anybody, but there's going to be differences in perspectives and viewpoints and we'll let that happen as it happens. But let me start off with, first of all, I think to, to try and keep everything clear, we need to understand how we, the Nation of Islam, knew, saw, and understood the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Prior to 1975, all of us in the Nation of Islam saw the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as the messenger of Allah. And we saw him as the messenger of Allah, and we saw Master Farad Muhammad, who was his teacher, as Allah. And that was just the way it was then. Minister Farrakhan was his national spokesperson or representative for the country. And those were the three players that were actively, and I hate to use the word players, but I won't use it then. Those are the three persons who uh, predominantly were in my life at that time. Um, Master Farad Muhammad, we never knew him personally. We only knew him through what we were taught and we were taught that he stayed with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for a certain period of time, I think three and a half years. And then when he left, he he never said the Honorable Elijah Muhammad would do this or that. I heard he said, according to the history that we were taught, hear Kareem. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad at the time, he was called Kareem. Kareem. Hear Kareem. And after he left, of course, there was a little dissension in the ranks, and his brother Kalat, and he, uh, there was a disagreement. They, and, and in some instances, Honorable Elijah Muhammad had to flee for his life. Okay, so after, uh, of course, you know the history with Malcolm. Malcolm was a faithful servant under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave him a lot of leadway and trusted and loved him very dearly and uh, was hurt very deeply when Malcolm uh, turned on him and began to uh, speak of him in terms that were disrespectful as a follow to the leader, <clears throat> regardless of what the, the particular issue was. Um, following that uh, ordeal, Minister Farrakhan, who had been in Boston and a minister in Boston and also a close associate and friend of Malcolm, through the process that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, devised, he chose 
Minister Farrakhan, and Minister Farrakhan then became the spokesperson for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, working under Minister Farrakhan was a blessing for me because I found him to be a very beautiful human being, hardworking, dedicated, sincere, and um, very, very talented and informed on the history and the teachings of the nation. And he shared a lot of uh, positive things and teachings with me personally as well as with the teacher's class, which we had a class every Tuesday for years where he would come and spend hours with us and we'd have unlimited uh, dialogue with him. And uh, and then I was privileged to travel with him around the country, <clears throat> all over the country, both by plane, train, and automobile. And at, at speaking engagements at many of the uh, most prestigious universities in the country, east, west, north, and south, as well as uh, personal kinds of uh, invitations. And in that, in that context, I found him to be a very, very devout, dedicated um, follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, striving to constantly lift up the message of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the goal of, of the Nation of Islam at the time. So it was until 1975 <clears throat> when um, Imam Warasadin Muhammad returned to the Nation of Islam. He returned. And uh, in fact, I think it was, yeah, 70, I think maybe 70, the last part of 74, or early 75 in January, I think it was. So anyhow, I, I happened to be in Chicago at the time that uh, that that he came back. And uh, when I came back to New York, and I'm just skipping it real quickly so, so we won't be bogged down, and anybody who has any questions, they can ask those questions later. When we came back, <clears throat> When I came back to New York City, I informed Minister Farrakhan that because uh, I was at the table of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which I was privileged to do on many, many occasions, and I had many conversations with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Uh, and I went out there in the capacity of the director of the University of Islam. And um, when I came back, I did share with Minister Farrakhan that he was back, and then Minister Farrakhan began to give us a community the community some insights on things that he knew about uh imam what was called the uh, minister wallace at the time and uh he began to teach us and share with us some of the things that the honorable elijah muhammad had shared with him and as well as members of the nation about wallace and uh so that went on for weeks and at, at one point, then, uh, Wallace did come to New York City, the Supreme Minister, and I personally was the one who notified Minister Farrakhan that he was there because Minister Farrakhan has, did not intervene, interfere, pardon me, with um, the uh, FOI class, per se, because that was the captain's domain. And so he, basically, I mean, on special occasions, he would come there, but he did not come on a regular basis. But Wallace showed up at uh, 
at the, and I'm saying Wallace because that, I'm trying to keep in tune with the time and how we saw it then. And I will change my terminology as we grew to, to, to understand and identify him in another way. So when he came, he he um, uh, came sort of as a surprise, not, not sort of a surprise, he came no, not notifying anybody. And so I immediately went to the phone and called Minister Farrakhan, who lived up in New Rochelle, and notified him that uh, Wallace had come to town. He was here right now. And so Minister Farrakhan got in his car and immediately came down to the FOI class. And he came into the class just about at the time that they were getting ready to start to speak. And he uh, started speaking from the time that he came into the uh, FOI meeting from the back of the room in a very warm and beautiful way of a welcoming while almost running up to the rostrum. <clears throat> and so then when he got up there, then he he introduced him and spoke of him very uh, respectfully and how the father had said so many wonderful things about him. And then <clears throat> he yielded, and, uh, and, at the, and, and at this time, then he introduced him as Minister Wallace Muhammad. So now Minister Wallace Muhammad is speaking, and he spoke, and, and his strongest supporter for his speech was Minister Farrakhan, even as he dealt with some very serious and controversial things, things that some of us even felt that, that, that were in direct conflict what we had understood uh, to be the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And so, um, but still, uh, Minister Farrakhan continued with his support of him, and he constantly would say in the process of, um, of, um, of, of Minister Wallace speaking, this is the one, brothers and sisters, this is the one. This is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one. Now, I'm going to digress real quickly. <clears throat> the reason why I'm digressing is because there was a book written called This is the One. Need not look for another. This book was written in the year 1971, and it was a book identifying, <clears throat> uh, identifying the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as being the one, meaning the one that the scriptures had talked about, the one that the prophets had talked about, the one that was to come and fulfill all the things in scripture. This was, was the theme, as I understood it, in this particular book. This book was written by a minister at the time. His name was Minister Bernard Kushmir. Now, the irony of this book is it was it was written in 1971, but... Though it was written in 1971, it never was printed. I mean, it was pardon me, it was printed, but it was never sold or distributed until 1977. So the question is, why the six-year gap? Now, keep in mind, we're focusing on this is the one and what Minister Farrakhan had been saying during the during his, his uh, visit of Minister Wallace Muhammad. <clears throat> Not necessarily consciously connecting the two, but I'm connecting the two in hindsight and going back looking at what had transpired. The reason why this book was not uh, distributed or sold until 77 is because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad rejected this book. He rejected this book. 
and I'm not and I'm not trying to hurt uh, uh, the brother's name is Jabril now, and I and I'm not trying to disrespect him. I'm only speaking of how we knew him then. So he's brother Jabril. So please don't accept this as and and, and none of this is meant to be condescending or, or anything. We, we're trying to give you history. We can't give you history through a revisionist uh, prism. We have to give you history as it took place. And some things will be painful. Some things will seem like an attack. But it's, I just want to make it crystal clear. I have no intent to make any attack. But I do feel these things should be told. And if they have, if if they've already been told, then it shouldn't cause any problem. If it hasn't been told, then I have an obligation to say how I see it because I think it impacts on a lot of things and and the way people see things and understand things. So anyhow, the book was taken to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Now keep in mind, I spent I spent probably more time with uh, Jabril or Brother Kushmir than Minister Farrakhan at that time because Brother Kushmir would come to New York City. Minister Farrakhan was not, as I said in one of my earlier uh, broadcasts, and one of my earlier uh, conversations, was that Minister Farrakhan didn't come in sometimes into the afternoon, and many of the people that we knew and had common good relationships with would come and spend time in my office, and I would welcome them in, you know, so they could be comfortable, because there was nowhere for them, there was no uh, lounge or anywhere for them to wait for him. Sitting down at the front door was unacceptable, that was a security risk. And there was no other place for him to go. There was no, uh, Mr. Farquhar's office on the top floor was locked and secured until he got there. And they wouldn't let no one in there. So the only place for Brother Kushmir to go was in, he could sit in my secretarial office, and I wouldn't let that happen because I had too much respect for him. I told him, come on back in my office. So on his, many of his trips there, he would spend time in my office, and we would talk. And he shared with me, as well as I knew what transpired. At, I'm not even sure whether I was there or wasn't. It seemed, I keep seeing the, the fact that I keep thinking I was there when he presented the book, because I can see him. He gave the book to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, tried to, tried to give it to him. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad took a look at it and just shoved it away with a very, very stern look on his face. And he just and just kept on going. He just, in other words, I don't want nothing to do with this. I mean, that's the message I got. Okay, no disrespect. And so, Brother Kushmir's effort, as we sat and talked in my office, was to try to find get maybe Minister Farrakhan would say something or ask Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But no one was going to intervene on behalf of anybody when Honorable Elijah Muhammad had rejected anything. That just was a no-no. And Minister Farrakhan wasn't about to do that for Brother Kushmir. He wasn't about to do that for me. He wasn't even going to do it for himself if if that happened. Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was not someone to play with. And so I'm simply saying, so that book, This Is the One, Need Not Look for Another One, was rejected by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And Brother Kushmir had made me to believe that he had, had many of them printed up and we're storing them, I think, in his garage in Phoenix. And um, he was very, very hurt. He's trying to find a way to get the book out for whatever, you know, he had made an economic uh, investment that he needed to get back out of that book. And he plus he wanted the book out. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad outright rejected that book. 
And and I'm saying, and my understanding was, and I, this is it stayed in my mind throughout the whole time. He rejected the book, and he rejected the idea. He rejected the idea. This is the one. Now, when was the book sold again? In 1977. What happened in 1977? Just hold that in your mind, and we'll come to that hopefully chronologically. So, as Imam Wadahuddin Muhammad was teaching and continued to teach that day that he came to the FOI class, <clears throat> one of the things that Mr. Farrakhan was saying, teach, this is the one, this is the one, brothers and sisters. And then he said, don't be afraid of new knowledge, you know. And, I mean, he bore witness. And then when, uh, after Minister Wallace had spoken, Minister Farrakhan came to the Vastra, and he told the, the, the brothers who were present, he said, don't be afraid of new knowledge. This is what he told us. Don't be afraid of new knowledge. He also said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had told him, he said, you see him now? He said, watch him in so many years from now, you know, you haven't seen nothing yet. Wait till you see the development that will come about in the future. Now, what was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Imam C.K., can you Imam Sadiq, can you hear me now? Yes. Can, can you hear me now? Uh, go ahead. Say, say, I hear you, but it still seems like it's broke. Say something now. Are you there? Uh, I'm just saying, can you hear me now? I'm just, yeah, that's clear. You know that's much clearer than it was before. It was really broken and choppy before. Okay. So you want me to continue, or you want me to just hold? Yes, keep, 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 keep continue. Okay. So anyhow... So the the uh, Minister Farrakhan introduced the idea. He first of all, let's go back to what Minister Farrakhan said at at that particular meeting. He said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told him that when the germ that left his body that produced Wallace Muhammad, Minister Wallace that Almighty God Allah, that Allah was in that germ. And he said, he told, and so, and then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he told us that Honorable Elijah Muhammad had told him about this one and how, and I'm going back over time now, not just at this meeting. He had told him that this is the one who was born to help him. This is the one who the Savior said, name him after me. He set, sent postcards back and, and instructed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to that, that this son was going to be the first was going to be a son, and when he's born, to name him after him, and that this is the one that was going to help him. Now I'm saying that because we have to be fair about the history. That does not preclude the outstanding work that Minister Farrakhan has done or, or is doing, and he has done and is doing an outstanding work, an excellent work in many, many phases of the work that he has chosen to do and and that, and that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had assigned him to do. I hear a lot of people say that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told Minister Farrakhan, you know, told the people that for the Honorable Minister Farrakhan to sit in his chair. Did he? Did that happen? Yes, he, yes it did. He said uh, if he... if. If this brother tells you to do something, to go here, he you know do it. If he tells you to go there, do it, and he will he will get you across. 
if he has to carry you on his back, did he do that? Yes. Did he say that? Yes. Okay, but keep in mind now, we can't take that away from Minister Farrakhan because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did say that. But we can't overlook the fact that Master Farad Muhammad, who was the teacher of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, gave a clear instruction as to where this thing was going. He said, this is the one. He didn't say two people. He said, this is the one who's going to be the helper. This is the one who will carry this community to the next level. So so I'm saying that does not deny Minister Farrakhan's good work. That does not deny him the right to rebuild the nation of Islam. That does not deny him the right to speak. That does not deny him, nor does it take it away from all the good things that he is doing and has done. Let's keep in, let's keep it clear in the history, if we're going to be fair and, and honest, in the history of how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was instructed by his teacher of what to do. Chain of command did not include me. It did not include Minister Farquhar. It did not include Captain Sharif. It did not include Secretary Rasul. It did not include Brother Bernard Kushner. It did not include none of these people. It only included the one who who uh, Master Farad Muhammad had identified. Now, a lot of people legit- try to make it legitimate as to why they feel that Imam Warsadin Muhammad should not be given that kind of uh, credence because he did this, he did that. It doesn't matter what he did. Let's say he went out and robbed the bank, <laughs> which he didn't. Let's say he went out and, and, and sold some dope, which he didn't. That doesn't preclude anything if we sincerely believe that Master Farad Muhammad was God or was the one who was the teacher of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and was the one who gave the instructions as to the direction that this community that, that he started was to go. We have to accept his designated chosen leader for that for that endeavor no matter what that person did or didn't do. So I'm saying that to say just just to put the history in place. Is it is it something that I'm missing? Okay, I keep hearing something squeaking like. Okay, so so the point I'm making is this is and and I pray that we can as a community or as brothers and sisters. Uh, members of Iman Warthi Muhammad's community, members of Minister Farrakhan's community, I hope we can become sophisticated enough and, and strong enough to, 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 to take a look at history and not be offended by things that do not agree with what we think. I'm not giving you what I think. Not one word have I said in this conversation is what I think. What I said about... Uh, uh, the what happened at that FOI meeting? That's history. What I said about that book that was written in '71 and did not see the light of day to '77? That's history. What I'm saying about what uh, Master Farad Muhammad said and told the Honorable Elijah Muhammad—that's history. What I'm saying about what the role and goal of Imam Warfadin Muhammad was—it wasn't something he chose to do. He couldn't choose himself. He couldn't choose himself. The one we call Savior 
chose him. And so that's history. Now, a fool will argue with history, but it, it, this is not to be seen as anything condescending against the leadership of the nation of Islam as they know it today. That's not what this is designed to do. This is designed to put on the record a clear clear uh, uh, statement of what took place on things that may not have been included in the history that you, as you all know it, as other people know it, but this is what I lived and this is what I witnessed and this is what I'm obligated to make an accounting of. So, okay, let's move forward. So, with that, after the coming of Imam Rashid Muhammad back to the community, he began to... Now, it, that's really choppy there. That was... That was I, I didn't hear a single word you said. So I'm just holding for a second, perchance, that you can clear that up. Can you hear me now? That's much better. I'm at yes, sir. Just get to the topic, man. Okay. So anyhow, the main point I'm saying is I'm hoping and praying that we can, we can be mature enough to hear a phase of history that we may not want to hear, may disagree with, but you can't you can't disagree with it because you you don't you that's not how what you heard. I welcome anybody, anybody, to respectfully, respectfully. Challenge one word that I said of being the truth, and the only way uh, that I, that I, there's not a soul could challenge that. So I'm simply saying these are the things that took place that led up to where we were going. So now I know there was a lot of in the early part of now. Keep in mind we're trying to count for two years because Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad became the leader in 1975, and in 1975 all of us dropped all of the old ideas and all of us pledged allegiance to the leadership of Imam Warasuddin Muhammad and that includes everybody in leadership who were in leadership then it continued on for the next two years to accept Imam Warasuddin Muhammad as the leader now Minister Farrakhan was a part of that that uh Evolution. Everybody else pledged the leadership publicly and openly to Imam Warasuddin Muhammad. This was not something that was done in a vacuum somewhere. It was done in the public domain in front of literally thousands and tens of thousands of people in in Chicago, Illinois, at the passing of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And that particular Savior's Day that came in that year. So, so I'm saying. So then, for two years. For two years, there was like a vacuum. And when I say a vacuum, not a vacuum for, for the community, but a vacuum in terms of the history as as it is, has been told, as it has been told. In other words, everybody, as Farrakhan was teaching uh, uh, in, in support of Imam Wadi Muhammad, I was teaching in support of Imam Wadi Muhammad, we all were teaching the same thing and all of us uplifting 
the leadership of Bimal Wadi Muhammad. It was uh, somewhere in 1977 where uh, Mr. Farcon uh, did go respectfully, as it's been told to me, to, to email Wadi Muhammad and share with him what he felt uh, uh, could be done or should be done, because by that time he had been moved from from uh, New York City moved from New York City to come to Chicago and work on the west side of of, uh, of uh, Chicago. And Minister Farrakhan, Larry, or Akbar, who was my dear friend, he was moved to St. Louis before Minister Farrakhan went to Chicago. And he, in turn, was called into Chicago after Imam, after, uh, uh, Imam uh, Naeem Akbar called there, and Imam uh, Naeem Akbar was called a special assistant. And uh, Imam uh, Abdul Aziz, who was Brother Akbar, Abdul Aziz, which was given by Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad, he became also a special assistant and an excellent special assistant to Wadisuddin Muhammad. He worked very faithfully in, in, in the St. Louis area, and he also, when he came to Chicago, he was a tremendous help to Imam Wadadim Muhammad. And at the same time, Minister Farrakhan had approached Imam Wadadim Muhammad and sat down with him, and he shared with him that he felt he could be more effective. Now, this is the way that it came to me. Now, this this could be correct or this could be correct or it could be incorrect, because I'm giving you secondhand information here. Other information I gave you was first-hand information. I was at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's table. I talked to Bernard Kushner. I knew about the book. So these, this is this is second-hand information now. So anyhow, he came to Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad, and he told Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad that he felt that the way that the teaching was going, the way Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad taught, he felt that it was uh, above the level of understanding and was not capturing the interest in the 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 uh, mindset of the average African American uh who who it was coming to and he felt that if he was permitted he could do uh an excellent job if he could if he would Imam Wadi Muhammad would give him leeway to go ahead and work with some of the people uh, people on the grassroots level. And Imam Wadi Muhammad never rejected him. In fact he wrote before this even took place, there had been rumors uh, about Imam, uh, uh, at the same time, Abdul Halim Farrakhan. He was, uh, it was rumored that little, little messages were going, negative messages were floating. And Imam Warthi Muhammad made an open appeal and wrote it in the Muhammad Speaks newspaper. If it was still that name at the time, it might have been Bilalia News. But anyhow, he wrote it in the paper, and he basically was condemning those who were con- trying to start a rift between him and Minister Farrakhan. And it was a very beautiful, long, and in-depth appeal to Minister Farrakhan. And so anyhow, uh, as time went on, Minister Farrakhan set out to rebuild the uh, the nation of Islam. And so I can't now vouch for what he did or what he didn't do after he stepped into that arena other than what I saw or heard through the media. 
But I can say how Imam Warthi Muhammad continued on, and he never allowed himself to be pulled into any type of, uh, of disagreeing, open dispute with Minister Farrakhan. But uh, in the final analysis, on that level, Imam Warthi Muhammad <coughs> Uh, uh, continued to what he saw was in the best interest of his community. He, he was accused of destroying the business. He was accused of destroying the nation of Islam. Now, I say to those who say he did that, I have no right to condemn you for saying that or anyone who says that. I just would like for you to bring me the evidence. I mean, in a rational way. Not, not. I don't want no argument. I don't want no, you know. Uh, if that's the spirit you're coming in, then please don't. Do mm-hmm. I'm saying if, if for the history, so that we can make this historical uh, effort solid. I'd like for you to bring me, bring me the evidence that he destroyed the nation of Islam. What do you mean, Warthi Muhammad did? Keep in mind, it was called the nation of Islam. Islam. Islam in itself, just the word Islam defines what the parameters are and what we must be doing. There's no there's no guidance for Islam except in the Quran. What Imam Muhammad Muhammad did was in a very slow but methodical way try to move us away from nationalistic fervor of the nation of Islam into a pure flow of Islam as a community. And in that there's no compulsion. No compulsion. You can't compel or make or dictate or or force people to do anything against their will. I don't care what your motivation is. You can't do that. Not according to Islam. And so Imam Warthi Muhammad began to slowly move away from those ideas that were put in place under the, the 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 nation of Islam that actually were against the idea of Islam. The FOI as it was structured, it was not structured in any way like Islam. It was structured like a military force. It was structured like an army. It was structured where like if the lieutenant says something, yes sir, yes sir, no sir, left face, right face, that's not Islam. It was a very good uh, uh, drill and a very good exercise for for us to get in, 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 in tune with and, and to, to try and become disciplined. It was a very disciplinary, good disciplinary idea, but it was not Islam. And so Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad evolved it slowly, step by step, away from this compulsory kind of, of uh militarized gathering that we were a part of where the lieutenants could tell you what they want and talk to you anyway and you couldn't say nothing if you did say something you get rolled out or thrown out the captain could say what he wanted and, and tell you what to do and put you out and you couldn't come back so he, he evolved us away from all of that because none of that is Islam none of that is Islam That's those are military ideas based on military thought and military school and it has no place in Islam. Now, if you want to use that as some type of extracurricular activity, 
that for that moment in time, that's what you're doing, fine. Pardon me. But to say this is Islam, no. So if you point to that as the fact that Imam Warsi Muhammad destroyed uh, the, the nation of Islam, he destroyed the nation of Islam. Keep in mind what the, what, what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad was questioned by one of the reporters, and I said this before, and I'm going to bring it to you again. It says to, to him, it said, uh, Mr. Muhammad, have you de- designated a successor for yourself? And Imam Muhammad, I mean, pardon me, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he came back and he told them, he said, I do not do that. I cannot do that. I did not choose myself. God chose me. And if he wants a successor, he will choose that one. So I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, these these are the things that we we had uh, uh, been taught and understood. So to hear the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is saying that the work that he is doing, the work that he is doing, in one, one interview he said, my mission goes to the grave with me. But the question that didn't stop there, he says to the Honorable Elijah, he said, by what means should someone come come up? What if someone comes up? And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, I do not know that because I do not believe there is one coming up. That's a successor. That's a successor. Now, he talked about the one coming after him, but not a successor. He said that one is going to teach a, a, a totally new Islam. A totally new Islam. Now, I don't, I don't uh, uh, say this as a as a condemnation or a negative criticism, but but. Uh, the nation of Islam, as we know it now, under under the teaching of Minister Farrakhan, they're just recently moving towards Juma prayer, and that's not a, and that's a good thing, the, the fact that they're moving that way. But I'm saying that to say that there has not been, I mean, they have not focused on a Islamic development. They've focused more on a a nationalistic development, and 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 very impressive nationalistic one, if I must say so. You know, with ministers of, of defense, ministers of education, all kinds of different ways. But the point, is, the point I'm saying is, what Mr. Muhammad was being asked, he was being asked about after you're gone, Mr. Muhammad. Nation of Islam will continue to this, but how? That's what the reporter asked. And Honorable Elijah Muhammad responded, it will be a new Islam. A new Islam to what the old Orthodox Islam is today. It will be altogether a new one. This is what Imam Warasadi Muhammad did and, and moved towards and succeeded. So, but, and, and, and I'm going to pause again. That's because I'm saying Farrakhan did not fulfill this. That is not to say what he has done and is doing has not been a great work and a wonderful contribution to society, to our people, to the young, and to uh, to, to to try and 
quell some of the problems of the African-American community. So, so I'm not knocking that down. But I'm talking about what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's mission was. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, there will be no successor. There is no need for a successor. When a man has got the divine truth and has brought you face to face with God, and the question that he goes on, he says, how will your resources be administered? And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad came back. He said, that will be carried on by the nation after setting up the nation on the right way or on the right path to take care of themselves. They do not need any more instruction on that. They will follow it as the Constitution of America has been followed. And he goes on, will it be run by local mosques? He said, no, no, no. After this, the whole entire nation of black people will be governed divinely, and the government will be divine government, and not something that is governed locally like we have today. Not something that is governed locally, but listen to the little language, like we have today. So he's saying, no, don't look for something like what we have today. So what am I saying? I'm saying, Minister Farrakhan went to Donald Email Worthy Muhammad. He saw a need. He saw a need to fill in some gaps, what he felt needed to be filled in. But it's along the path of what was from the 30s all the way up to 75. And he did an excellent job and a wonderful job and a, a, an admirable job. In, in working with uh, people that had been neglected and rejected in our society. But that still does not preclude the fact that that was not the mission that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was instructed to pass on and who it was to be passed on to. That mission that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had to pass on, that was to be passed on to the one who his teacher, not who he chose, not who he thought, not who the people thought, not who the captains thought, not who the rank and file people thought, the one who, who, who therefore I thought, but the one who the one we called Savior said would be the one. He didn't just say it, he wrote it. He wrote it on postcards, and we have the postcards. He wrote it, and he told the people and Minister Farrakhan came as I said. He he made his his statement is more powerful than postcards to say that when the sperm, the germ that left the body of Imam Water, uh, Imam uh, pardon me, of uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when that germ left the body, fertilizing the egg of Sister Clara Muhammad, that Almighty God Allah was in this that book. Mr. Farquhar said it stronger than I could ever say it. And he said it with sincerity. And he said it with love. And he said it with genuineness. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm not trying to hang something on him that to be ashamed of. I think that was an honorable statement to me. And, and I believe somewhere along the line, if he hasn't told his community, he would and will. But, but the point I'm saying is, let's be clear. So this idea of Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad destroying the nation of Islam, no, he didn't destroy the nation of Islam. He had a job as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad 
instructed to bring in a new Islam. 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 Something guided, directed, and and spelled out by the Quran. No compulsion. No FOI. No MGT. No GCC. No telling a brother what he can do and what he can't do. No mandatory donations. No mandatory paper sales. No no hierarchy in terms of leadership where the minister can tell the rank and file people this, that, that, and then if you don't like it, then he calls in three or four lieutenants and they, they give him the hee-ho. Uh-uh. That's not the way, and I'm not saying that's the way it is in the Minister Farquhar's nation and all, but that sure was the way it was under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad because I had the old hee-ho three times at least. So I can tell you about it. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful again. I pray that Minister Farquhar, if he hears of this, know that I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. But I had to walk as a common everyday soldier. He did at that time. At that time. Assalamu alaikum, ma'am. Can you hear me now? I hear you. Yes, yes sir. And that, that was pretty clear. That was very yes, clear. Yes, it's a little bit uh, slow. I don't know what's wrong with the system. It's coming slow. So when I'm speaking, give me a couple of minutes before you, you can hear everything that I'm saying. But I hear you clear. What we're going to do, we're going to go to a break. I'm going to give you a break. We hear from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslims of America. We have on the line, Ma'am Mohammed Sadiq. You continue his historic relations on the transformation of the nation of Islam into the greater Muslim American community here in the United States. Brother Iman, we're going to get a break. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. When everybody just stay you tuned. Ask, if there's any questions out there that want to ask questions, that, that when you come back, I'll take a few, and then we can continue yes, sir. on. Yes, we can continue on. Uh, you can call in at 646-668-8368. That's 646-668-8368. Yeah, this is Donald San Antonio. We gave her a bath and we started rubbing her down with um, with the XLSO, and she has had complete, complete moisture in her skin ever since. Excel Nutraceuticals All Natural Base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name is uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. I've tried bump stop. I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> By my end, you would never believe, uh, people don't believe anymore that I used to have hair bumps except my friends. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. I actually brought it for my daughters. They, and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker. It's gotten longer. And they feel, it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they... No more. The hair is actually grown. Excel Nutraceuticals All Natural Base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the XL HGS, 
and I'm here to tell you, oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast.
I lived in a place called Getting ahead was strictly a no-no because nobody cares what happens to the folks that live in the ghetto. Thousands of lives wasting away People living from day to day It's a challenge Okay, welcome back. Just staying alive Because in the ghetto Hold on, I'm not hearing Okay, welcome, welcome back, back to the, the show. show. This, this is an African, African from inside and out. I, I have here on the line Imam Muhammad Sadiq. And Imam Muhammad Sadiq, I'm going to give you the floor and let you continue your conversation. As-salamu Now try it again. As-salamu alaykum. Can you hear me? It's an echo. Okay, I'm giving you the floor right now. You're on. Okay, with the Lord's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. And again, dear brothers and sisters, again, I want to emphasize in this history, in fact, I'm going to triply emphasize, uh, because I I do not want my brother and my friend, uh, Minister Farrakhan, to be seen coming from me condemned. I'm I'm trying to give a history. I'm an individual. I'm a human being. I'm obligated to share what God allowed me to experience. And where it collides or or conflicts with other people, I would love to sit down and share and, and try to remove the conflict. But I'm sharing what I experienced and what I saw and what I witnessed. And and the fact that and keep in mind the point that we were making was how Many people think, oh, Imam Warsi Muhammad, he just he destroyed the nation. No, he tore down this now. Let's look what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, being guided by his Savior, told the people in the press. He said, it will be a new Islam. He said, it will be altogether a new one. Now, that's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. And he said what his Savior guided him to understand. And so, if it's going to be a new Islam, who did, who did that? And can you can you keep the old idea that was a wake-up message? It was a wake-up message. We didn't study the Quran in the nation of Islam. We didn't study anything from the Quran other than just a few little ayat here or ayat there. But never was any effort. We would come up to the Rasim and we would preach, and mainly our preaching came from the Bible. That's not a condemnation. That's not a criticism. That's just where we were, and that was necessary, according to the strategy that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was guided to use from his Savior. And so he came and he told us, he said, it will be a new Islam. So Imam Warafuddin Muhammad pursued the steps that the Quran guided him to. No compulsion, no mandatory anything, no overseeing men like their children and making them do what you want them to do because you say it's in the best interest of the nation. No, each man 
has his family. Each man has his his own right to accept, reject, or come or go as he pleases. No lieutenant can tell you, you come to the temple, you come to the mosque, brother. No lieutenant or captain or minister can tell you what to do and when not to do it and how to do it. And that was the spirit of the former nation of Islam. I remember, I could tell you some horror stories. In the first, but, but I understood it was, we, we all were under the same type of understanding. And that when I look back, I don't hold any grievances against people for that. But I remember on a on a on a day we, we were getting ready for um, for Savior's Day, and I was trying to have a meeting with my teachers. And I uh, the lieutenant walked into the to the temple where because we had the school at the temple over uh, in Brooklyn, and he walks in and we we were sitting in the kitchen meeting. Brother director, don't you know we're getting ready to have a meeting? We're going to have Savior's Day. I said, yes, sir, brother. Well, you know, the sisters got to cook this food. they got to be in here. You can't have no meeting in here. Now, I'm sitting there. I, I got a school to run, okay, because that's before the new building was on 116th Street. So I said, yes, sir, brother, lieutenant. So I went and took the, my teachers, and we went up on the balcony. And out of the kitchen, out of the way where the cooks could come in. A few minutes, maybe 20 minutes later, he come back. But I thought I told you we could have a meeting. I said, yes, sir, brother, lieutenant. Well, what, what, what you all doing? I said, well, you said you didn't, the sister need to cook. We came out of the kitchen, and we're up here on the balcony. No one's up here. Brother, we're going to be needing all this space right here. I said, okay. We had a little library in between the sewing factory and where the temple was, and we had a little small room. We went and squeezed in there and closed the door. No one used that. We stored books in there. No one came in there. No one went out of there. It was our little storage closet for the school. And we went in there, and we squeezed in there, and I said, okay, now we'll finish this test. Next thing I know, there's a pound on the door. Boom, 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 boom. I opened up the door. President, I thought I told you we could ready to have a meeting. I said, well, yes, sir, but Lieutenant, but I'm in here. I said, no one's going to. Look, the captain was standing right there with his arms crossed. And and, and uh, when he said, uh, you tell that to the captain. Don't tell me. The brother captain is telling me we need that. So I, went, I said, brother captain, I just put both hands. I said, I'm saying, holding both hands out. Well, well, well what, what, what do you expect me to do? That's, that's, that's where they put him out of here. Get out of here. That's what he told me. Get out of here. And he put me out right, right there, in the presence of my teachers and everything. It made no difference. I said, yes, sir, brother captain. He put me out, and that was it. Then Maceo Haziz came to me. He said, what happened, man? I told, him, I, said, I told him exactly what happened. I said, oh, I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to meet with the teachers. I had, the fact that we had Savior's Day, that didn't preclude the fact that I had responsibility as the director of the university to be ready for the buses to run, be ready for children to be fed, be ready for books to be ordered, be ready for teaching. I had to go on with what I had to do. And I tried to stay out of the way. I wasn't arguing, but I mean, and that was it. When he said, get out, that was it. There wasn't no, what does this happen? Can I have a second? No, wasn't no, out. Well, I saw, I saw Lincoln, brother, man. Why do you think that he was standing you up like that? But it wasn't just he doing that to me. That's just the way it worked in the nation of Islam, period. Okay, okay. It wasn't something specific. They, I'm trying to show you it was a totalitarian regime. And so don't, don't, don't no one can come to me and tell me about, oh, the good old days. I mean, there were some beautiful days. 
Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful day. I can tell you another thing. I've been put out. I've been put out again, you know, and I came to Savior's Day. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching Captain Sharif. I, I had a letter in my pocket signed by Valor Najib, who signed all the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's mail. And I'm I'm sitting there watching Xavier's Day. I'm about six rows back. I had been put out. I'd been out for, I don't know, six months or more, because I had to go get a job teaching in the public schools in Brooklyn because I had been put out. So while I'm out, I went on and got a job. And then I came... Wrote to Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Honorable Elijah Muhammad told me, you go back to your job and you go back to that school and do your work. And he had Valor and I.G. write the letter and he, he signed it. She signed it. He initialed it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I go back to Savior's Day and I put the letter in my pocket, in my coat pocket, just in case. And I head for Savior's Day. I'm so happy because I just came back just in time for Savior's Day and graduation. So, Okay. I mean, I'm sitting there, and I see Captain Sharif and, and uh, Elijah Muhammad Jr. talking to one another on the stage. And I'm thinking, I said, uh, oh, I, let me tell you how <laughs> how I got put out. I got put out. Yes, sir. Tell us how you got put out. Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. In the rain, no money, get out of here, okay, on a lie. On a lie and on a on a on a, and a suspicion and a lie, and I I'm trying to tell them it's not true, and they Captain Elijah Jr. Sultan and uh, 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 Captain Sharif threw me out in the rain. I didn't have nothing. I'm standing in the brother. You brother, you can't stand on this property like that. I said, well, I'm, I came out here with Minister Farrakhan. They said, well, Minister Farrakhan's still in there. You have to get get out of here. I said, well, look, I don't have no money with me. I said that we I rode with him. I said, I got, he's got the return tickets. He said, why don't you meet him at the airport? I said, well, I don't have no money. So they had to get me a taxi, and I got a taxi, and I'm out there at the airport waiting for him for about two or three hours. And when he finally showed up, we got on the flight and went back. He couldn't even say a word to me, not one word. So anyhow, when that was resolved, I'm, I'm not going to all the detail. When that was resolved, I got the letter from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, go back to your job. Go back to your job and get, get go back to the school. So I'm sitting there watching the Savior's Day. I'm so happy. I even got my mother and father to come out. I called. I'd been working on them for years, and they came as in the snow. So I'm I'm standing right there. I'm I'm sitting there watching, and I see Raymond Sharif lean over to Elijah II and Sultan, the, the three three goons in the, in the community. And I hate to put it that way, but that's what they were. But they wasn't their fault. They didn't know no better. They were under the old thinking. But this is what they're goons, cold-blooded goons, okay? So they lean over and talking to one another. And I said to myself, I said, they're talking about me. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, they're standing right there by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we must build a nation for ourselves. I'm saying, Muhammad, I said, Brother Clark, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. This is what I'm saying to myself. Here they are. I said, these men up there guarding the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I said, they ain't got time to worry about you and all these thousands of people out here. I saw one of them leading the stage. I said, they coming after me. And I said, again, I said, man, you, they, these brothers got things to do other than that. Plus, they know I've, I've been told to come back. Next thing I hear someone tap me on the shoulder, it's Sharif, Raymond Sharif. I said, yes, sir, Brother Captain. I want to see you. 
I said, yes, sir. So I took my coat and laid it over the chair because it's hard to get a, uh, a seat like I had at Savior's Day. He said, no, 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 bring your coat with you. I said, yes, sir. So I brought my coat with me. What are you doing here? I said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told you to, told you to come back. That's not what I understand. I said, so I reached in my pocket and I took the letter and I tried to hand it to him. He said, you read it. I said, well, I read, you read it. I said, but it says, you read it. I, and I looked at it, okay, you go back to the, your job, go back to the school, sign Valor, uh, sign Honorable Elijah Muhammad's name and Valor Najib and initials Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I said, okay. I, I, he called the lieutenant, throw him out of here. Not put him out, throw him out of here. Okay? Throw him out of here. So meanwhile, the security people, that was Richard Adex and Captain, excuse me, and Lieutenant Clarence. Lieutenant Clarence was the, was the was the, uh, the, the the main officer. He was the first officer. So he told Richard, throw him out. The captain says, throw him out. So um, Richard Adex, he was one of my bus drivers, and he's a rough, rough lieutenant now. He grabbed me and jerked me around the corner. As soon as we turned the corner, he said, Brother Director, what's going on, man? What's going on? Because he loved me. I said, Brother Lieutenant, I don't know. He said, man, I'm not going to throw you. He said, come on. He said, look, where's your car at? I said, it's around. He said, go ahead, get to your car. He said, get a, just don't be, get out of sight. Just get out. I said, but my mother and father are here. He said, well, find some place to wait where no one will see you. He said, but just go ahead. He said, I can't do that to you. But they went, when they said throw you out, I mean, on I saw many brothers get thrown out. So I'm not saying it's out of anger because I understand the mentality back then. But I'm trying to tell you, no, don't give me no, don't give me no glossed over history like I'm I'm camping or hitchhiking at the Nation of Israel. I lived it on all sides of it. And being mm-hmm. an educator, there was a lot of suspicion, thinking that educators were not on board with the rank and file. But what they didn't know about this educator, this educator come off the street too, and he knew how to deal with. Both sides. So when you say the educator, you mean people that had maybe been to college or something like that? People who had that. been to college, people who had pursued secondary education. There was total suspicion and disregard for them from many people. But in New York City, many, I mean, the parents having us opened up that school the way we did and conducted that school, I had the support of those parents 1,000%. And that caused the problem. Now keep in mind now, Mr. Farrakhan, was constantly trying to help me and constantly trying to shield me and trying to keep the goons off of me as best as he could because they were on him too. Does Mr. Farrakhan have an, uh, an advanced degree? He didn't finish college, but he went to he went to college down in uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina. I don't okay. know if he finished, but I don't, but I know he's very intelligent, very smart, and attended college. But but my point is, he tried to help me in many instances, and he empathized, he sympathized, but he couldn't say anything because one of the things that was in the minds of the of, of the people back then, the captain and the lieutenants, then, were that they were constantly upset. In fact, Captain Shaw came straight to me and asked me out of his mouth, "Who are you with, me or the minister?" That's what he asked me. Well, who, well, who was running? Well, who was running the temple? 
the temple. Look, I told you New York did not run like the rest of the country. No disrespect to Minister Farrakhan, but Minister Farrakhan was in charge of the ministers. And technically, on paper, he was in charge of the whole temple, but he could not and, and dare not give the captain an order that the captain disagreed with because before the words would get out of his mouth, the captain's going to be on the phone to Sharif, and whatever he told the captain to do is going to be shoved back down his throat. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm trying you to say, to, look, you, somebody got to tell you, somebody got to tell the real deal. Yes, sir. Tell the real deal. You listen to Emir Muhammad Sadiq, a brother here has been a Muslim, a strong Muslim, and he's really throwing down, laying down the gauntlet here tonight on a new African. We're from the show from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslim, Muslim American, 1956 to the present. Emir Muhammad Sadiq, continue on. If you have any calls, you can call in now, 646-668-8368. That's six four six 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 eight eight three six eight. Go ahead, old brother, Mel Yeah. So, so I mean, and the, I mean, these same people would throw down. I mean, there was jealousy of Minister Farrakhan all over. One of the reasons why Imam Warthi Muhammad told me out of his mouth that he moved Minister Farrakhan out of uh, New York, or he permitted the brothers who came up with the idea. He said it was not his idea. He said they came to him and told him there were brothers in the community claiming that Minister Farrakhan had stolen money and that Minister Farrakhan had done this and done that. And there were brothers talking about they weren't going to kill him and take his life. And it would be best that they get him out of New York before something happened to him. He said he went along with it under those, under those uh, conditions. He said it wasn't his original idea. I'm telling you what Imam told me out of his mouth. And what was your perception on what the charges were? Which charges now? Which one now? Against against against, 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 against Farrakhan about Minister the money. Farrakhan, in my uh, understanding, Minister Farrakhan was one of the ex- most excellent human beings that walked on the planet Earth in, in New York City. I don't believe Minister Farrakhan took a dime. If he did it, he didn't know he was doing it. I didn't see him mm. in that way. He wasn't that kind of person. He was a sincere brother. He was trying to do what was right. He mm-hmm. was constantly trying to do what was right. And I disagreed with them then, and people came to me. People came to me and tried to start stuff. You know, I, I don't mind. I, I stand up on what is truthful. And I'm not going to let them malign him with a whole lot of garbage that wasn't true. He was constantly trying to advance the good of this of that community. And he worked ferociously. He worked night and day trying to do that. Did he make mistakes along the way? Was he human? Sure, he made mistakes. But he was he was an excellent model, an excellent example, an excellent teacher, and one who I love very dearly and learned an awful lot from him. So I can't I can't buy into that. Let's just tar and feather him. I can't go there because that's not the way it went. And that's why it has been my prayer. I wish that he would. Sure, don't don't put. I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish he would have done this, or maybe he has done this. But there are a lot of things that need to be said. And I'm when I say it, it was not Allah's will for him to do the next step that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had designed. Now, the question is, did he do? Has he done a good job in what he has done? Yes. 
But you can't you can't take the words of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said and, and justify what Minister Farrakhan is doing. It just don't tell. It will be a new Islam. It will be altogether a new one. That's not what we're looking at. And that's not and again I keep saying that's not a condemnation, but I'm saying Minister Farrakhan came up with a strategy, an idea to get a point over that he had in his heart and in his mind and on his soul, and he took as legitimatizing it what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told him that if you if the minister tells you do this, do that, do it, and if he tells you go here, you go there, he'll carry you across. Minister Farrakhan did that; he fulfilled that. When the time came for that to happen, that was that right at the passing of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He did it. Well, Sadiq, are mm-hmm. you saying he it, it, it couldn't continue? Sure, it could continue on. But he did what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad ordered him or spoke of him being willing to do and would do and would do with the greatness because it was the minister's stand that he took that day that gave the great majority of the people who came to follow Imam Arthur Muhammad the, 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 the uh, courage to take the next step because just... Hearing in one day that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad died, next day you got to choose a leader. I mean, everyone was standing there, they, they were in, in shock. And when Minister Farrakhan stepped up to the plate, and though he did it in a very emotional way, he did it. He did it. And it was his statement that, that gave everyone the courage to do just what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he would do. So we love him for that. And we, 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 we're grateful to him for that. But let's don't let's don't read into it what wasn't there. That was he the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did not have the right. Listen now. He did not have the right to change any instruction that was given to him by his Savior. And his Savior didn't say that together he, it, it, I heard it Minister Farrakhan said on one occasion that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Yes, Wallace and, and, and the minister and Minister Farrakhan will mop up this country together. Well, that's not what the Savior said. And that's not what Minister Farrakhan said. I listened to Minister Farrakhan, and I was disappointed in this. I listened to him. I listened to his speech faithfully of what he said to me in Man March. And I love him. But i got to tell you this. He remembered all the people that didn't do a damn thing for him, but he didn't remember the one who gave him his direction gave him his understanding. They gave him the freedom that he was looking for. He never mentioned Imam Wadisdeen Muhammad. He mentioned Dr. King. He mentioned all these people. What happened to the one who gave you, who pulled you, the one that you said, this is the one. I'll carry his bag around the world. What happened to that commitment? What happened to the one that you said God was in the sperm when it left his body? That hurt me. That hurt me. You know why it hurt me? Because it took away from the greatness of Minister Farrakhan. I'm saying if he could have stood up and been the fulfillment of what his Savior, what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's Savior had instructed, if he lifted up the one, not because he wanted to, not because that's how his thinking was, but because that's what the one who he claimed, he said, I can't, he opened up by saying, with the name. And he went on explaining it But that's only words if you forget what the instruction was. 
You can come and say in the name of Allah who came in the first master prayer, Muhammad, all you want. But if you get up there and name Dr. King, Rosa Parks, and all of these other people, all these ministers, so on, so on, so on, and never remember the one who, his Savior, who said he can't forget. If he doesn't, he can't stand up and lift up what his Savior would be the next one. How am I to believe that that's what you really mean when you say he came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad? If he really believed that was him, then why did not you lift up the one who your Savior said is the one? I didn't say that. And it hurt me because... Well, it's not, is, is it possible Is it possible that uh, Mr. Farrakhan could have had his own ideas of what he thought the the next one would, who would be or who would be? Maybe he I had his own idea. I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it. I'm not saying he did or not. I'm just looking at, you know, as a scientist, brother, ma'am, I only look at what the nature, what reality reveals to itself. And I'm saying over the last, you know, 40-odd years, the direction that he's taken his community in strongly suggests that maybe he, in his own mind or his own heart felt like that he had a mission to fulfill. Even though the Honorable Elijah Muhammad didn't tell him that, and even though Professor Farad, Farad didn't tell Elijah Muhammad that. Well, then he cannot identify himself as the spokesperson for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You, he, he, he's within his right to do that. He's within his right to have a vision for himself. But you can't come, I can't come in the name of you, and then, I, I, in fact, I'm going to give you an example of how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad saw that. So how can you give me an example of how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad saw that? This didn't happen after the Honorable Elijah Muhammad died. But I, something did happen that just you brought back to my mind just then. Nadar Ali was chosen as the international uh, representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for trade. He dealt with the fish and products from Japan and all like that. Okay, so Nadar invited me to California when uh, the, the Japanese were coming over for a meeting to sit down and sign a deal for this trade, big trade deal that they were going to do, and he asked me to come. And so I came. They had been to Japan. They met with these people, and the Japanese representative was there. So we, we, I went to California, and we sat down, and we all were there, me, him, and another brother named Bobby. Okay. As we sat there, and uh, Nada negotiating, Nada is a very brilliant man and very smart and wise, and Honorable Elijah Muhammad trained him very well. And he uh, <clears throat> he sat down and made uh, arrangements with the uh, with the Japanese representative of all the stuff that we needed for the nation. I mean, we had a big store out there in Chicago on Stony Island Avenue. You know, so, uh, not Stony Island Avenue. I'm sorry. On uh, um, I'll think of it in a minute, but. Anyhow, it is on, on, on out there across from the Salam restaurant. Okay. So while they were out there, after they had finished the negotiation, uh, the other brother who was the partner with Nadar, he asked the Japanese guy, he said, now, what, what about these things over here? He said, well, this is something that, you know, we, that, you, that you all didn't order. He said, but this, these are selling all over the country and they're, doing this and this this is a good product. He said, well, could we could we get some of that for ourselves? He said, yeah, I'm willing to sit down and make a deal for you. So he said, okay. He said, now, how much can I get this for? And he, he laid out. 
He said, well, then I'd like to order a thousand of these and so on and so on. And he said, what about you, Nada? And Nada said, well, I like, I said, Nada, can I talk to you for a minute? And he said, well, let me finish. I said, Nada, let me talk to you now. So he said, okay. So we went in the next room. He said, what is it? I said, brother, I said, Nada. I said, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. He said, what do you mean? I said, when you represent, when someone sends you somewhere to represent them, after you finish with the job that you came to do, do that the deal is over with. You don't sit down and cut a deal for yourself. I said, you merely do what you were sent to do by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad because you're representing him. And if you ever you want to do something for yourself, you find a, your own way of getting in touch with people. Don't use the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's contact, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's money, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's time and his influence to get something, a piece of the action for yourself. He said, that's a good point. So he came back out and he told the other brother, he said, man, no, we shouldn't do that. We should. And he told him, and just like I told him, no, oh, brother, I'm going to get me something for myself, man. I, look, this is a deal. You can't beat this. You look, you need stuff so-and-so all over the place. So he said, well, what about you? You going to get something? And I said, nope, I'm not going to get nothing. It was no more than a month later they went out to the village of Muhammad Deals had been settled. Everyone, the stuff came in, and so Honorable uh, uh, all of the, the the stuff had been shipped. Honorable Elijah said, "Okay, now this over here. Now what 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 is this right here?" And uh, he said, now, "That's that's the, that's the things that you ordered the Holy Prophet for our store." They said, "Okay, now what what about this over here? What what is this? I don't recognize this." He said, "Oh, uh, that's that's Bobby's and the uh, Holy Prophet. That's mine." He said, oh, good. You go ahead and you take that, and I hope you have success in your business. Goodbye. No isalamu alaikum or nothing. Goodbye. That was it. Cut him off from everything. Cut him off from his job. Cut, he was working. He was getting paid. He was on salary. He was getting the, the, everything. Cut him off. Goodbye. Now, why do I bring that up? I'm bringing that up. I'm saying if Minister Farrakhan or anybody, Muhammad Sadiq, this doesn't leave Minister Farrakhan out of it. If I come up and I say, with the name Allah, then everything that I do proceed forth from that has to be, I can't come with the name Allah and then cut a deal for Satan. I got to come with the name Allah and throw up, and, and just like I raise my hands when I get ready to say my prayer, my hands go up in the air. In other words, I'm, I have nothing, I have no other agenda. Allahu Akbar. God is greater. He's more important. Everything that I have is Allah. That's why the first step is that I give up everything. If we come and say, I can't help but recognize that the Master Farah Muhammad and what it high remains for, and he does it beautifully. But then if you're going to come before all these people and never once mention the one who you said, not I said, you said, that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told you that when the sperm left his body, that God was in that sperm, then you have just missed your mark. So my prayer for him to recognize Imam Wati Muhammad didn't need no recognition from Minister Farrakhan or from no one else. But I'm hoping that Minister Farrakhan would do that so that he would redeem himself because he's my friend who I love who I believe was making a big and has made a 
big mistake, even in his effort to do a wonderful thing. You can't start off in the name, say that you believe that this is your teacher, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and then go on and then talk about Dr. King. Was Dr. King someone who Honorable Elijah Muhammad lived at? Nope. Was Malcolm there? Nope. So now you can't come and name uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad and say that you're coming in their name and then lift up everything but what he wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look, these are the hard truths that got to be told. I got to say that. I say it out of love. I don't say it because I just, but, but I, look, I'm, I'm a man now. I'm a man. I don't, I'll, I'll die before I let someone tell me Minister Farquhar did not give his, all but his life every day in New York City. I'll fight them physically. I'll die before I let them call him a thief and talk about he was stealing. He did not. He was an honorable, upright person. But I saw him get caught in that kind of thing before. And I appealed to him. And not I appealed to him. We both appealed to him. That's when uh, some of these people out in Hollywood wanted him to play the role of Malcolm X in the first Malcolm X movie. And he had virtually accepted it. And we walked from one end of Chicago to the next. We went from from the uh, Waldorf Astoria up to Muhammad Ali's camp. We went down to the Fontainebleau, and, and I'm, we're wrestling. I'm trying to say, Minister Parker, on the moment you take that assignment as your assignment, you've just killed the most talented, most beautiful human being that I knew at the time, Minister Louis Farrakhan himself. And don't take that. The moment you do that, you'll only be the man who played Malcolm. But see, he got these brothers around him that, that yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. They don't have the heart to stand up and tell him or talk to him or appeal to him as a brother without being disrespectful, without condemning him, without making him uh, to, to talking down to him. Now, I'm not talking down, but I'm not going to stand by. Look, I'm a man. I'm a Muslim, and I'm not going to study the Quran all these years. For 40 years, I've studied the Quran, and I can't stand up and tell him this. And I don't well, brother, man, you, brother, ma'am, you said earlier in the show that, that there's no compulsion. Allah says in the Quran that there's no compulsion in religion. So, you know, and then Allah also, again, says in another section of the Quran, that uh, uh, a man is judged by his intentions. And so when you put the two uh, together, the verses together, you can see, you know, a man's intention is, is going to depend on what's going to compel him to do what he does. You know, and we don't no, know I, the intentions of the heart. To, Only Allah knows the intentions of the heart. I tried to avoid, here's, here's the thing I don't want to do. I don't want this to become a judgment day over him. But I, I'm saying, here's a man who has done such a beautiful job, such a, given so much talent, so 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 talented and, and capable, and no no one help him continue in the beautiful way that he is going. Everybody too afraid. Everyone don't want to tell him. I tell him. I've always been the one to tell him. I've always been the one that would tell him, not out of uh, jealousy or anger, but because I loved him as a brother because he did so much for me. If it wasn't for him, I would be nothing. Before I met you listen, you listen to Imam Muhammad Sadiq continue to talk about the, the evolution of the nature of Islam until the Muslim American Commission. 
uh, 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 society, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. And, and ma'am, Sadiq, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want you to, because you, you really dealt with a lot of information tonight, and, and we kind of left off with the last show in the year 2000. You kind of almost flashed back to, like, maybe 1970. But I, I want you to pick up on the last 30 minutes of the show and kind of uh, bring get us back up to speed about the work of Imam Muhammad in, in the the latter 2000, 2005, 6, 7, up until possibly his passing when we come back from the break. And uh, if anyone also has a, a, a question, they can call in right now and talk to Imam Muhammad Sadiq. That call in number is 646-668-8368. That's 646-668-8368. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be just right, right back in a minute. Stay yeah, tuned. this is Donald from San Antonio. We gave her a bath, and we started rubbing her down with um, with the XLSO, and she has had complete, complete moisture in her skin ever since. Excel Nutraceuticals' all-natural base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name is uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. I've tried bump stop, I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> By my skin, you would never believe, uh, people don't believe anymore that I used to have hair bumps except my friends. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Nutraceuticals, all natural products, call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast.
Okay, welcome back to the show from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslim to Muslim American. I'm your host, M.D. Shaheed. We have on the line Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, I'm bringing you back into the show right now. As-salamu alaykum. Walaikum as-salam. Brother Shaheed, I'm going to make an appeal to you. And that appeal is the importance of the, the, the things that flow forth from here cannot respectfully be put in the next hour or half an hour. I mean, we're going to need another show if it's up to you. It doesn't have to be this Friday or if it could be when you, you're scheduled. No, we are, we're already scheduled. Yes, sir. We, we're scheduled to have another show. That's fine. So we, we need we're already to do scheduled. that because I, I will continue on from here, but I just want to say these things are too important and they need to be, uh, I need to allow for uh, input from the, first of all, if there's no questions out there in, in, uh, uh, Radio Land, that's perfectly fine because I can keep going because it gives me a chance to flow. But I want to respect them if they if they're there, I'll take the questions. Right. I will continue on, you know. So um, obviously they're not there, so let's continue on. Yes, know? sir. So so, the, but the main point that I'm saying is this here. Here's the point that I'm saying. See, my 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 relationship with Mrs. Fargo is totally different than most people. See, they 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 have this this awe relationship with him, and I have an awe relationship with him too, but it's awe as a brother, awe as a man I love, awe as a man who I am grateful to, who helped me and and looked out for my family, showed love to my family, awe for a man that I watched as a model and an example. I remember one, <laughs> one time, I got it. see, these are things that need to be said. I came, uh, I came into my office, and I was sitting in my office, you know, <laughs> Uh, and uh, every every time when the minister would come in, every day, it was a beautiful thing about it, he would come up the steps, and uh, my office was on the second floor, his office was on the third floor, and he would come up the steps and stop at the second floor and tap on my door, and I would tell him to come in, and he would always come in and greet me and ask anything that I need, and that I, he would do a devotion for the children. But this day he came, I had taken off my jacket. I had this white shirt on because I always wore a white shirt and tie. I had opened up my collar and pulled my tie down, rolled my sleeves up to my elbow, and had my jacket slung across my my, um, my back of my chair. And uh, he tapped on the door, and he always had this big, beautiful smile on his face, you know. <laughs> I said, I'm going to Brother Director. And he knocked on the door, and I opened up the door, and he came in. And the smile was, I thought, and he paused right there, what the hell is wrong with you? And I, I, I mean, I flapped back in my chair. I didn't know what he was talking about. He closed the door and said, don't you ever. He said, that looks like the cheap way this world does things. He said, you got your tie pulled down, your sleeves rolled up, your jacket off. And you were the director. Of this. He said, that looks so cheap. I said, oh, my God. I never forgot that. Mm -hmm. I never forgot that. He said, don't get that way. He said, and you're talking to people when people come. I, I saw the other day you had someone and you talking. you behind the desk. He said, you come out from behind that desk and sit down with them. I mean, he gave me so many beautiful pointers, so many beautiful pointers. When my children, when my children were subject to be adopted and it was a question, I went to him. 
and I talked to him, and he gave me some of the best advice and how to approach the judge in the court and how he was. Look, I'll, I'll be forever grateful to him. So when I say these things, I'm not saying I'm not on no witch hunt. I'm not on no witch hunt, but I also realized that he is on a he, he's traveling in some turbulent waters, and he doesn't have anybody who's got the courage to stand up and say to him, Brother Minister, maybe that's not the best way to do it. They don't have the courage to do that because they want to keep on the good side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Up, down, no, down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'd like to say yes, sir. In fact, most of the time I can say yes, sir. But there are times I have to say, Brother Minister, please let me talk to you. Please let me talk to you. Please take a consideration of something different than what you're on, the path you're traveling. And this is the role that Brother Akbar and myself, we play. I don't know how what his inner circle does with him now. But I don't see any evidence that they do these kind of things. And I know this is the way Minister Akbar rolled, and this is the way I rolled, and this is what made us love love each other so much and love Minister Farrakhan even more. I don't believe Allah wants to just waste that wonderful energy that he has sacrificed his life for, even if he has made a mistake here or a mistake there. But he has to save himself. And I'm saying what he has done and, and the way he did it on that thing, I'm sorry. And I just put it out there. He, it, there's no argument for that. You can't come. Yes, you chose to lift up the honorable light tomorrow. You can't come. You said you can't help but uh, recognize. You named in the name of all the God's messengers, and you can't help but recognize the honorable Elijah Muhammad, Master Farad Muhammad. You're teaching that and go on, and then lift up everything that they never lifted up, and never mentioned the one he did lift up. You can't reconcile that, and you can't get by that. That's got to be corrected. That's got to be corrected, or or you'll be condemned. I'm sorry. I don't care who it is. What? Well, so you're saying, you're saying, when you said lift up, you mean lift up Imam Warfuddin Muhammad? I hate to put it that way because it sounds like oh, I'm trying I'm trying to get my leader lifted up. But no, no, no. I'm saying, I, I don't even want to say lift up Imam Warfuddin Muhammad. I want to say who is the one that he told us? Not that, I mean, this is what Mr. Farquhar told us. I didn't, I didn't come up with this. Who is the one that he said God said? That when the sperm left his body, God said that Honorable Elijah Muhammad, excuse me, I'm sorry, Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that when the sperm left his body, God was in that, the sperm that produced Imam Warsi Muhammad. So no, I'm not saying lift it up. I'm saying be consistent in what you say you're lifting up. How can you come and lift up? Honorable Elijah Muhammad went to his grave calling Malcolm a hypocrite, but you lifted him up. Well, well, let me ask you a question, Email Muhammad Sadiq. If you walked up to a brick wall, a red brick wall, you know, the red brick, the fire brick, and you keep telling that brick that you're not a brick, that you're actually a piece of straw, and you can move out of your place, you, you think that brick going to listen to you? No, the brick won't, but you know what? Okay, what I'm, saying, what, I, what I'm saying is that. I'm glad you said. He said, yeah, what I'm rock, you can get some water out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of us says in the Quran, sometimes out of rock 
gush forth water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. He, but he, but but a lot say sometimes out of rock gush forth water. But what I'm saying is, you, you know, the appeal that you you know, and I'm letting you tell your story because again, this is from the inside looking out, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want to interject anything that my my mind or my spirit. But what I'm I'm saying is that. You know, I'm I'm asking you a rational question now. Is that, you know, you're saying, you know, you did all this and you said all this. I use the rock analogy to suggest that, you know, the rock don't the, the brick wall don't speak back. So the, the reality is is that, you know, when you say those words, those words come out your mouth. They hit that brick wall. They bounce back to towards you. So I'm saying if you just saying words that have no, you know, no real Ability to penetrate other, another person's heart or his, or his or his spirit or his mind—it's just words. And, and so, you know, you, you know, you're saying it from the inside looking out, but I'm from the outside looking in. I'm looking at it like, well, you know, did he really actually believe what he was saying? I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, that, that's a good question. But 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 even let, let's put it this way. Let's even take it. Put it this way. Whether he believed it or didn't believe it, Allah will, is a forgiving God. Allah will forgive a person no matter what if he, if he will humble himself, turn to Allah, repent, and ask for that forgiveness. So I'm not going to be a judgment. I'm not going to be a judge over my brother. I'm saying that the people that may have come to him before may not have convinced him that they loved him. But he knows I love him. He knows I've always been nothing but a brother to him, and he's been nothing but a brother to me. He's been a wonderful brother to me and my family. And I'm not going to stand out here, but I don't give a damn how many, how mad he might get or how upset he might get or how, because I saw him the other day he was in a tirade. Now, someone around him should have put their arm around him and walked him later on and said, Brother Minister, that's not you. I said, I need to be right there with him. I need to be right there with him. And I'm saying that I, my appeal is for a man to do all the good that he has done and to climb the mountain and get all the way up there and then miss the main point of the climbing. You have, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm not making no appeal for him to lift up Imam Warathi Muhammad. I'm trying to say it's inconsistent not to lift up the one that you say that the Savior was in, that your leader, who you claim to be representing, said is to be the one. It's inconsistent for you to remember everyone who who your leader went to his grave calling Malcolm a hypocrite, but you lifted him up. Went to the grave respecting Dr. King as a human being, but not putting him in the in the scheme of things that he someone he would lift up, go down the line of what he did on that stage. He uh, he and and he he's trying to find. And so many people came away telling me that they felt that the, the Savior's Day message was empty. I'm mean, not the Savior's Day. The Million Man March message was empty. That's what they said. I didn't say it. They said it didn't have no theme. It didn't. Something was missing. Something was missing. So you climb all the way up on top of the mountain 
to deliver what Allah wants you to deliver. You came, you use Allah's name, and you deliver a message contrary to what Allah has ordained you to do. You got big trouble. Well, brother Imam Sadiq, the fact that a man climbs a mountain doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the one to deliver the message. It may very well be that you're not the one to deliver the message. And this is one I see as as a as a personal individual that it's very difficult for most men to accept that, particularly men like the African-American man who's been, you know, uh, uh, mistreated and put down as not being capable of developing anything and progressing society and really having any, developing anything to have impact on society. Hell, he can't even impact his own family. So, you know, and so it's this kind of void in our people, and there's always a desire for many of us to when we get in a, a spotlight like that, we want to be the one that, the, to deliver some great message or some great revelation. And the reality is that you may just not be the one. And, you know, if your spirit is right, I guess if your heart is right, I guess your mind will be right and you'll be able to come to see, well, you know, I, I need to do something else. Well, that, you know, that's true, Brother Saeed. And perhaps my... Uh, uh, approach and your approach is different because I'm of of the spirit. I, I have a personal relationship with the minister. Yeah, and I know that, and you and, you, and, and I have you a personal a love good. for him. And I, and I see, I, I'm not I'm not his yes man. I'm not going. I'm not one of the people in the nation of Islam. But I'm not going to stand idly by and see the good work that he has done. Maybe he isn't the one. But the question is. If he takes advantage of that opportunity and delivers the right message, he becomes the one, or he becomes a one. But if if you come and deliver a contrary message in the name of those clearly say you represent, then how much thought did you give to what you delivered? And uh, are you well? You can only you can only deliver what you got. I mean, if if all you're doing is is selling uh, eggs. And you come deliver eggs to people's store, um, houses. They may ask you, uh, "Brother, you have some milk?" No, ma'am, I don't have any milk. I don't have connections with the milk people, but I do have eggs. Well, I got eggs. I need some milk. But we, we, have, if if there's any uh, questions, you can call in now six four six 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 eight eight three six eight. That's six four six 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 eight eight three six eight. Let me let me take that 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 that, that example you gave and. Let, but the answer would be if they said, do you have any milk? You can say, well, I didn't bring any to the door with me, but I do have some on the truck that is down buried underneath of some of this other stuff I got. If you give me a minute, but, I, yeah. I guess you could, but I, I was, I guess I was implying to to think that you don't even have any milk on the truck. You just deliver eggs. I mean, yeah, but so, he, you he know. has milk on the truck because he couldn't have made the first statement if he didn't have the milk on the truck. He's the one who made you. the statement. That's why I'm saying, I'm saying that that's saying I have the I have the I have the goods that you want on the truck, but I'm bringing you something, and that I'm I'm having a problem with that you're bringing something that wasn't supposed to be delivered. That by you, I see. not by you. And what has happened is I believe what has happened I believe that in his strategizing to sidestep some of the naysayers and some of the obstacles out here 
and realizing some of the strategies you have to do to reach certain mindsets and everything. Some he he didn't realize that I've already reached the the the, the peak, and it's time to deliver the real message. And now he's delivering a message that was not the message that Allah wanted him to deliver. He's not. Well, I'd have to interject. I would have to interject here and say that message has already been delivered by the lady Mayor Worthine Muhammad. At this point, the only thing an individual oh, no, can do no, is reiterate what, what he said. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's the message that. I, in other words, let's go back to the scripture. Lift me up. This is Christian scripture. And I'll draw right. all men unto you. If you, if I tell you I am the spokesperson for the one who says that, lift me up and I'll draw all men. How do you lift up the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? How do you lift up what Master Brahma? By telling what they said would be the guidance and the leader. And that is to what? That's why I'm, I'm not pushing for Imam Wadi Muhammad, but I'm pushing for what he, what Minister announced. To the world, and it's the most sincere way in the world, and he's on record. It's, it's it's recorded. It's everywhere. Well, brother man, we got we got thirty thirty seconds. Sum this up in thirty seconds, and we'll 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 all listen audience to tune in Friday night at seven p.m. again from Central Standard Time from the inside looking out. Black Muslim, Muslim American. You remember Muhammad Sadiq? You have the last thirty seconds. My in the last thirty seconds, I'd like to say, tune in. Tune in in our next program where I'm going to share with you the life of Imam Warthi Muhammad and things that happened in his passing and the obligation that this community has to rectify the mistake that we made when he passed. That's where I want to go in the next program after summarizing the things we said tonight. Thank you so very much. May Allah bless each and every one of you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. You have been listening to the New African Broadcast, a media program dedicated to the consciousness and the positive moral growth of the black youth of America. Thank you for giving us your attention and tune in to our next broadcast. Assalamu alaikum.